0: Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bradford,
1: Warsaw. A um, bit nervous about this one after the recent uh, performances. Um, to piece it apart and uh, to discuss all things Warsaw and the preview for the game, we have our League Two specialist or our EFL specialist, Gabriel Sutton.
2: Hi, Simon. Well, Great to see you. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, it's good. Always good to have
1: your wisdom. And uh, well, before we get into what's going wrong at Warsaw, um, we look at Bradford a little bit. Uh, 11th in the table and um, on 13 points, just two points more than Warsaw after their win away to Newport on Saturday. They had been in the doldrums a bit, um, a one-all draw with Harrogate at home, a one-all draw with Grimsby at home. And then perhaps not such a bad result—a nil-nil away to Mansfield. H- Andy Cook returns uh, from injury, and then all of a sudden, all in the gardens, rosy. So, answer the question: Is or are Bradford a one-man team with Andy Cook?
2: Um, I, th- I think they are, Simon. Um, it- it's funny though because. Andy Cook was um, top goalscorer last season, scored uh, 28 in the league. I think it was uh, him and uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Harry Lewis, uh, very much their two standout players. And they had a couple of players, sort of other than that, in sort of Brad Halliday and Alex Gilliard, who were sort of consistent seven out of tens for them last season. Um, but really, they were so reliant on Lewis and uh, and Cook. Um, and then this season... Um, Yeah, I think part of the reasons why they've kind of ended form so far is because Lewis um, hasn't been able to recapture last season's form. And Andy Cook, actually, before he got injured, he was a little bit off his previous levels. Then they were without him, they played... Um, a veteran in Matt Derbyshire um, I think they had uh, Chisma Foker one of the lads they've got on loan sort of playing as an auxiliary striker they tried lots of different things to to sort of go without Andy Cook but actually once they brought him in um, as you quite rightly mentioned he scored a hat-trick in that 4-1 victory uh, at Newport and I think they'll be hoping that can be the thing that sort of catalyzes their season but I'm not convinced by Bradford I have to say um, I think that they um, because they carry the name Bradford you know people are obviously going so expect big things from them. But actually um the um the CEO there, Ryan Sparks has said they're a self-funded club. Um the owner's not put a penny of their of his own money into the club. Uh, Stefan Rupp this is um so actually it's not a great time for, for Bradford City. Um I think I think they're gonna struggle to get into the top seven and I certainly think they're beatable.
1: Yeah. I think um Andy Cook getting fit just before they play Warsaw, who are all at sea, is probably not great timing, really.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Mark Hughes was under pressure, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I think um, with Mark Hughes... In his first season, first full season, there was kind of um, a sort of an aura about Mark Hughes because um, Bradford City fans would either watch Mark Hughes as a footballing legend in the, the 80s and 90s or watched him as a Premier League manager in the sort of noughties and, and 2010s. And and there was that, wow, we've got Mark Hughes as our manager type of thing. Um, whereas this season, I suppose there's an element of that novelty wearing off. Um, and to be honest, from my point of view, I kind of fear that there's the danger that Hughes ends up getting overtaken by maybe younger managers at this level, more yeah. up and coming managers with sort of fresh ideas. So that would be my feeling on it. Um, I've not been, you know, he did reasonably well on paper to get them into the playoffs last season, but as a sort of, um, <sighs> Um, from a coaching perspective I wouldn't say I've been sort of overawed by Bradford no, no. even when they were getting results last season so again I, I think there's a good chance they finish bottom half to be honest
1: you, You'd think with the tactical nous of a manager like Mark Hughes with his uh, Premier pedigree and obviously managing at the highest level you'd think when it comes come to the playoffs they would have uh, come good but um, to lose out in the playoffs was a bit of a surprise and as you say, the, uh, the paint, the paint is wearing off now. And um, they say underneath that that actually he's not that good a manager. And uh, he was relying on sort of big players and uh, he's doing the same at Bradford with uh, Andy Cook. And we know what a volatile character Andy Cook is. So, um, another injury for Andy Cook would pretty much put pipe to them finishing top half, I think. And, um, and easily he could probably, if things aren't going well for Bradford and he's carrying the team, it could be the, he has a bit of a falling out. Um,
2: yeah, I mean I, I remember watching Andy Cook playing for uh, for your lot and he did look in that relegation season under Dean Keats and he did look very drained by sort of carrying the team, I guess. And yeah. it feels like it's something he there's been a bit of a theme with Andy Cook um over um over his career where he's been inside that have relied on him so heavily. Um and um I guess there can be a bit of a burden that comes with that sometimes. So um to be honest, it came I, I was sort of wondering if his form might drop off a little bit this season, but listen, all credit to him—he did the business on Saturday, and um, I think he'll be essential to um, to City's hopes of uh, of doing anything this season.
1: You'd would, you'd would think that because he's he's going on a bit now, he's never been particularly fast. No, um, you would think it'd be easy enough, wouldn't you? And you'd think it'd be fairly easy to play him, but I mean, he's he's a bit of a bustler, isn't he? Around. I guess so. I mean,
2: if you look at um, some of the goals he's got last season, he's he's not just a target man. There are some that he sort of created almost on his own. I yeah. mean, you, you put that sort of target man, physical presence alongside the individual ability to, um, yeah, I think he's just such a, such a threat. And um, I, I um, yeah, I almost think Bradford are relying on him more heavily than they probably should be at the moment. Yeah.
1: I think that's always my measure of a striker, whether he can create his own chances. And um and quite often Warsaw have sort of struggled with that. Brandy Cook, as you say, he can make his own chances. Um moving on to Warsaw, another player that can do that, but um things have sort of gone a bit pear shaped,
2: is Danny Johnson. Um Danny Johnson doesn't create his own chances there, does he?
0: just
1: I'm mem- I, in my, clear in my memory is uh, Doncaster away last season where he robs the guy on the halfway line and uh, and it just takes it and rounds the keeper. Okay, Even, most, in,
2: most of them I would say are kind of like poachers finishes inside the six-yard yeah, box.
1: Yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm sort of uh, painting him too well. Um, Matt Sadler's not starting him and I just cannot understand why. There's uh there's a couple of rumors around that one is that Walsall are very much focusing on fitness levels and um he's not been hitting the top of the charts for his fitness and uh, because of that he's not been starting him which i th- for one i think that is a little bit mad when you've got your most natural goal scorer and your most lethal force and you're not putting him on the pitch Seems madness to me, but I mean, so, so who,
2: a... um, just you've got Freddie Draper who's obviously in really good form. Um, and yeah. Jamil Matt struggled a bit this season, hasn't he? Jamil so,
1: Matt's had one or two cameos, I think he's struggling for fitness as well.
2: Um, so remind me who's been playing up top with Freddie Draper then?
1: Well, we've had um, at, at times we've just had the one up front, um, okay. right, but um, he, he's sort of had Draper and uh, Matt alongside him, and then he's switched it and put uh, Danny Johnson alongside him and Tierney alongside him at one point. Um, we just don't seem, we just don't seem to be using Danny Johnson in the right way. Um, uh, a bit of a rumor came out, and I don't, I think it's total garbage to be honest. But, and that was the Matt Sadler. Um, Donny Johnson doesn't fit into the style of play he wants to do. But like he's he's your your largest earner and your most potent strike force. Like for me, any manager, you build your side around your key players.
2: Um well when Pep Guardiola first went into Barcelona, he dropped Ronaldinho and Deco. And you know, you could have quite easily um, level that at him saying, What? Why are you so managers that the best managers get uh credit when they uh are prepared to drop big players in order to have the synergy of a um coherent side? Now, for, you know, if any idiots listening think I'm comparing Matt Sadler to Pep Guardiola, obviously I'm not, but I'm, I'm making the point that well, you're showing the stark contrast. I think. <laughs> well, I'm I'm showing, I well, I think that there's um. Good. I think sometimes good managers are prepared to make big decisions. I guess, and when they go well, they get uh, praised for making brave decisions or standing by their principles. And when it doesn't go well, people say, "Why aren't you playing your, your best players?" So I do feel like there's a little bit of outcome bias attached to, to this, personally. Yeah, uh,
1: actually two of the games that Danny Johnson didn't start, we actually won. Um, home to Colchester and away to Salford. Um. So I suppose in that respect, he's sort of uh, he's he's proven his point but on an ongoing basis generally you want to have your your big players well it, dep- I, it
2: depends it depends in the whether he fits into the style that um that Matt wants because um sometimes you can have a particular way of playing um or a particular dynamic that you want to try and create and a player they might be really good at certain things but they don't fit into and not, listen, Nigel Clough's a great manager. He's doing really well at uh, Mansfield Town at the moment, and he wasn't particularly big on Danny Johnson. So I don't necessarily... Danny Johnson's a great finisher, don't get me wrong. I think he's got lots of attributes that I like. I think he's a persistent runner. But I don't think it should necessarily be considered the mark against Matt Sadler if he's decided he doesn't fancy Danny Johnson, because I just think that's kind of part of management sometimes. Yeah, I think
1: the the one thing that's key for me at the moment um obviously we had chris hussey as um mm-hmm. decided to retire which was a bit of a weird one um when he just signed a new contract effectively with warsaw or just signed with warsaw Um, and then we've got the injury to the priest Priestley farquharson mm. matt sadler seems intent on sticking to 352 when from what i can see the players would suit a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 much better.
2: So what do you reckon is Warsaw's best 11 then, Simon, in your opinion?
1: Um, I think we would go Joe Riley is the best right-back. Liam Gordon is the best left-back. And then in central defence, because of the injuries, you've got Donovan Daniels and then O'Sheen McKenty, who, of course, has been playing in midfield. And doing well in midfield, in all fairness. But um, I think we all know the centre-half is his position. And then in the middle, um, I think probably Ryan Sturk and, uh, and the Hutch. Mm-hmm. And then right wing, Tommy Knowles yeah. and uh, Aramidi Auti on left wing. Um, You've also got Ross Tierney, who could come into the middle there as a potential. And then up front, you've got three, haven't you? And you've got <laughs> Draper, who's likely to be gone in January. Surely you
2: couldn't drop J- Draper at this point because he's he's had a fantastic start to the season. No, no,
1: no, no, no. what I'm saying. You'd have Draper. Yeah. I mean, he's likely to be gone in January. That's what sure. I mean. Yeah. And then playing alongside him, I would say Danny Johnson. Um. And then your guy off the bench is uh, Jamil Matt. Mm. That makes um, sense. And I think that would be. The strongest, the strongest we've got there. Um, mm. Hutch is a very frustrating one. He is undoubtedly a talent, but is also a frustrating one as well. Which every time Walsh have a real big talent, they uh, they are frustrating. Reminds Sawyer's mm. calls to mind everybody hated remain Sawyer's, but he was a genius. Um, is Isaac Hutchinson a genius like Roman Sawyer's? I don't think so.
2: Could he become that? I, I reckon, I think Hutchinson is more... Uh, I think Sawyer's kind of had a, quite a languid style where he would kind yeah. of the ball around. Whereas I think with Hutchinson, there's more of a... I've got to try and create something. There's more of a... Um, yeah. Maybe more of an urgency to the way he plays, from, from what I can see.
1: What frustrated me against Wimbledon on Saturday? Um, there was a couple of occasions... Oh where the ball's played to Hutchinson, and he's got space, but maybe he hasn't got the runners round him. But I mean, mm. if he's a playmaker, he should be shouting on people to do the running. But, yeah, mean um, do you, inside, you think that that's... The, Hang on, mm. from inside the opponent's half, he's effectively played it back to the goalkeeper.
2: Do, do you think then, uh, Simon, that that's the problem we're seeing with... I caveat this by saying i've not had the chance to set my own eyes on warsaw for 90 minutes yet so i'm um talking a little bit off Extended highlights and here saying that kind of thing, so just wanted to kind of make that clear. But I, I do wonder um, whether the sort of the question marks and one or two I've spoken to have been at games have sort of said maybe the decision making from Isaac Hutchinson hasn't been great. But do you think that's partly because the coordination of movement or the patterns of play aren't quite established, so it it's kind of had to be Hutchinson trying to create something out of nothing as opposed to maybe something smoother. Um, I think that's possible. Mm -hmm. That's possible.
1: But I think the amount of times he plays a ball into the front two is very, very rare. And for me, Yacam is the guy who gets on the ball and and plays a ball, key balls into the key players.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Quite often when he's on the ball, he'll maybe uh, do some movement with it. Um, but ultimately he'll be playing it to a full back or one of the right wing the wing backs to try and get a crossing or it'll go back. He's not the guy that's sort of taking it on having a shot or slipping in one of the strikers. Okay. Um the the goal on Saturday we scored was actually a ball into a striker, um, into Freddie Draper, and they're scored from that. So uh, mm. he does do that on occasion. Um Going back to last season, he he threaded a beautiful ball through for Douglas James Taylor that gave us the yeah. win against Carlisle in the cup.
0: Mm.
1: And for a Cam, I I would want a Cam to be doing that kind of Doing that kind of stuff. And well, well, I guess I guess Doug Taylor
2: is um is a quite a quick striker. who likes to get in behind. Um, do you see Freddie Draper as being that type who's always making the runs in behind? Because if I look at the goals that Draper scored, it seemed to be him getting on the end of crosses and the back stick and things like that, rather yeah. than necessarily running onto things. I could be completely wrong about that, but that's. That's I think that, I think that
1: the quality of the ball into him, such as that, has not been the case. Um, away to uh, away to Salford. Um, what? It was across
2: from the right for that one, wasn't it? it yeah, that, and
1: that was it. a good head from uh, McKenty cross. Yeah. Um, but the second goal, um, Draper pretty much. <laughs> um, he had the ball on the edge of the box and just drove through. Um, evaded a cha- evaded a couple of challenges and then the keeper saved it and uh, mckenty followed up with a goal but i mean mm. he created that pretty much all himself there interesting um got folks were sort of supporting
2: and uh, so, so, so so basically we're saying we want more creativity from Isaac Hutchinson, I suppose what I'd be curious about, we, we've spoken, Simon, about Warsaw's main area of strength being the depth scene midfield. Do you feel like, I think that the important thing to creating a chance is not having um, one player who creates something out of nothing. You might get a few goals from that, but that's not necessarily creating chances consistently. It's having a couple of players between the lines who could create something because then there's that sort of, that doubt over who's close out and then you can yeah, yeah. you can create things from there. So I suppose my question for you is, we know Hutchinson's trying to create something because he's always wanting to get on the ball, isn't he? And yeah. um, so who else is the one, who else are the ones that are kind of, is there anyone else stepping up or trying to create something?
1: Um, I'd say McKenty has been doing that. Okay. But um, for when you're paying three, five, two, you want your wing backs to create. And uh, the wing backs are just creating very little occasion. Gordon, like I've he... said,
2: I've said, I've seen one of, one fan who said Gordon's been one of Warsaw's best players so far this season.
1: Yeah, but if you look at the facts, how many assists has he got?
2: Well, do or do you necessarily judge attacking productivity just by assists? Because sometimes you can put a great ball in that doesn't get. Um...
1: Yeah, I think on occasions, on occasions, he. Um... I think he is, fair, he is solid, um, and on occasions he does get to the byline with the ball, but, I mean, all too often he's holding back and, and doesn't sort of look for that ball. There was a, a match recently, I don't think it was the, the Wimbledon match, it may be in the previous game. Um, Hutch has the ball um, about 25 yards out on the left-hand side, and there's a great big gaping hole between the full-back and the, uh, the defending midfielder, and he's screaming at, at Gordon to dive into that gap so he can just play the ball through,
2: mm.
0: and
1: Gordon is just holding just holding the line.
2: Which is surprising because we know Gordon's a natural athlete who yeah. uh, you'd it, think it's... would back himself in those kind of situations, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. I think if you're going to play with wing-backs, your wing-backs need to attack. And, uh... I mean, Knowles, I
2: suppose, is a really attacking right wing back because we're talking about he should be playing yeah. further forward, aren't we? So, yeah. um, do you know I watched? Um, I'm sure uh, I watched Knowles a couple of times last season, and one of them was against um, Rochdale, where he played as a sort of forward, maybe just slightly withdrawn. Yeah. And the other time was as a right wing. Was it right wing? Yeah, it was right wing back against Mansfield after Liam Bennett had been recalled. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought he was a lot better as a right wing back. Now, those are only two games. I know you've seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, you go every week and everything, but um, I, I do wonder. He's got that kind of effervescence, he can sort of run Tom Knowles, I think, but he doesn't make it look like he's um putting effort in it's like he kind of has yeah, yeah. that light, he's light on his feet. Um, yeah, maybe perhaps Adler wants that sort of deep from a deeper starting point, possibly.
1: Yeah, I think on occasions, on occasions, yes, he does fulfill that as right wing back. Um, it's just up front it's just not coming together i think um as uh, as good everybody loves tom Knowles and people won't like this comment but again what is he actually creating how many goals is he creating that's uh that's the problem right that's the problem um the thing is with warsaw we we started off this season playing a much more attacking style of football much more entertaining to watch, and everything felt positive. But since we beat Salford, um, it seems to have sort of taken a big drop I'm do, you, do you think?
2: Do you think, though, Simon, that because because from the outside it seems to me that you'd in the opening month or so of the season you'd relied a little bit on the individual quality of Isaac Hutchinson and Freddie Draper, um, and not necessarily like the the game against Colchester, for example, was supposedly a really even game that could have gone yeah. either way, and it was that moment of quality from. Isaac Hutchinson that won it, but Hutchinson yeah. can't do that every week. So no. does that suggest Warsaw need more of a coherent plan to actually try and create those chances?
1: Um, as I say, the, the wing backs have got to create more chances. The wing backs have got to get more involved in the game going forward and they're holding back. Um I think that's that's part of the problem. Um, Do you think it's
2: a practical thing that they're holding back, or do you think that it's a confidence thing?
1: I I I spoke to um, Liam Gordon uh, near the end of last last season.
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <clears throat> and it was like, whenever you go past players, you seem to
1: fly past them, but you never seem, hardly ever, take a player on. And, um, and again, when, when the likes of Hutch or Sturk have got the ball, he should be looking to run through and, and go behind. And he just doesn't. He just holds the line and sort of stays in his own half. And we had exactly the same with Wes McDonald. Wes McDonald um, had lots of ability, but uh, he just seemed to hold back all the while. He would never. Because we know know that great ball Mm. from midfield between the fullback and the centre half, a ball going through there with the guy running on to get the crossing. That is a beautiful play. And warsaw very rarely do that and to see when it's on and we don't play it is even more frustrating than not seeing it at all so
2: but but so so to answer the question then do you think it's a confidence thing or do you think it's a tactical thing um if you had, if you had to say it it's probably a combination of both but if you had to kind of like put more emphasis on one or over the other I think
1: it's a fear. I think it probably is a confidence thing. It's a fear okay. of making a mistake, I think. Right. OK. And um, as he's still quite a young lad, but I mean, he's played quite a lot of games, Liam Gordon now. He's one of the more experienced in a mm. very inexperienced group. And I think that's that's part of the problem.
2: Yeah, I do you know what I um having watched the um the extended highlights of the Wimbledon game it does feel I I feel like I can see some certain ingredients that are in place in this Warsaw side. Um I think you've got a, a you know a, a decent group of players. Um but it does seem like um even out of possession you've meant, you've talked about confidence in possession but out of possession sometimes you'd say team can kind of drop in quite quite deep and you kind of want them to get out a bit more or be a bit more yes. aggressive at certain moments. Particularly against Wimbledon it was with ten men for second half. But um yeah, yeah maybe you want a bit more sometimes. The, the, what we sort of
1: touched on against um against Salford first half Salford ripped Warsaw apart and there should have been three up.
0: Mm.
1: Um, second half he realised things weren't going well which bear in mind he played Dave Akagbu who got two appearances at right sided centre half slash right back and he played him as a left sided centre back Um, he looked as lost as anybody could possibly look on a football field Um, he took him off and went to a back four and played a 4-5-1 or a 4-4-2 4 2 with T&E sort of joining uh, Draper up front. And second half, we ripped him apart. Absolutely ripped him apart with a solid four at the back, with a very active midfield, um, working with a striker. And after seeing the way that game transformed, to then go on to Swindon, who are a free-scoring team, to go again three five two. And uh, and get exposed again. Um, obviously, the the sending off the sending off of um, Tom Knowles in that game. I think we were one down at the time, and Warsaw had just started to get ahead of steam, and uh, looked to a Warsaw fan <laughs> that we were going to get something out of the game and may even get turn it round completely. Um. But. Uh, at the point of the sending off, it was then uh, clear that we weren't going to do anything with that. Mm. Um, so he'd been over reliant on three-five-two. He changed a four-four-two or a four-five-one variant and dominated the game second half. And then in the next game, he went back to three-five-two and it failed and didn't change it. Then, is, that, is
2: that the solution then Simon for, for um for now for Warsaw to actually go to the um a sort of four three three or something something similar to that as a means to or I, for, I think four, so. four two with T
1: We just haven't got the players to play three, five, two. When you have if you have Priestley Farquharson, Donovan Daniels and Chris Hussey as a back three, then playing a back three makes sense. But then you've got to make your wingers, your wing backs work. But when you've got Priestley, Farquharson's out for at least four weeks, and Hussey's left, you're just left with inexperienced centre halves alongside Daniels. You'd be crazy to put three, two, inexperienced defenders in a back three. Mm. Madness for
2: me. I, I suppose Sadler would argue that he probably wants some sort of consistency of a vision where if you spend a certain amount of time working and perfecting one formation eventually you get it right but i can kind of understand your point of view that it's not working and you need to try and get some performances and results um right now so well, um... ultimately
1: ultimately if you don't get the results you get fired and um looking back to previously with warsaw uh, matt taylor inexperienced manager Stuck with one up top with George Miller, mm. and it was clear the the support wasn't getting to him, and it was not working, and he didn't change it. Mm. And we've got exactly the same now with Matt Sadler. It's not working. He's got to change it. And um, we, when when Matt Tyler got fired, the ghost—I forget his proper name because he was supposed to be supporting Matt Tyler and sort of hid. Um, no, McDonald, yeah, he he had one game as caretaker manager and immediately switched to four four two and we won the game. Mm. And as uh, my lad steven says, Warsaw never go wrong with four four two, and it's back to basics, back to basics.
2: But then, can you really develop a style with with four four two? Because I think the problem the problem you have with four four two is because is that you, you need the wide midfielders to tuck in quite a lot in order to give you support in midfield, otherwise the midfield to get overrun. And I think a lot of the time it's harder to uh, build play unless you kind of go with sort of more of a box midfield where you've got um, you know, the the wide midfielders kind of coming in that way. Um but in terms of like building a style, I think um three at the back systems where you kind of have uh, a wide centre back in either side so you can have them in areas of the pitch where you can kind of start to build some attacks. I do feel like it can be a better system for for that than than possibly four four two where you've got um a four man midfield and yeah. it it just I yeah, I'm just not sure I mean, if 4-4-2 works.
1: With with the four, when I say four four two, I mean having the base of a, a four at the back, and mm. then you can vary vary the midfield and the attack from a from a four four two to a four three three, or even for a diamond, mm. or even a, like a four two three one kind of. And I think four two three one would probably work. Um a couple of defensive midfield players to sort of break things up. And then you've got a good attacking elements with the likes of, uh, Hutch, um, Aute and, uh, Knowles.
2: Yeah, I can see that.
1: It's, um, it's a frustration really. because I, I thought Warsaw were going to sort of challenge top half and, uh, hopefully sort of get into the top seven
2: well what do you th- do you, do you think there's a case that you, you might be able to um sort of invest in january and put to possibly improve the squad and maybe give I my mean, hadler but what
1: they've spent a lot of, they've spent a lot of money Warsaw have got the best squad i think they've had for a very long time
2: midfield is certainly strong isn't it um yeah.
1: the thing i think i say strong um I think we've got more quality in the team, but it is quite an inexperienced team and I think that's part of the problem. I think when Brandon Comley's fit, that may sort of help make the midfield a little bit more stable. Mm. Um, With what he's trying to do with McKenty, and um, McKenty has done well in midfield, but ultimately he is a centre-half. And um, when... Would Brandon Comley do a better job in there, and uh, Jack Earing, like when they're fit? Mm. Um, what's going to happen with? Uh, well, I, I suppose you there. can't
2: you can't criticise Matt Sadler for playing Comley and uh, <laughs> and and, uh, and Earing when they're injured, can you? I mean, no, no, I, um, yeah, uh, I, th- I think. Uh, l- listen, let's hope Jack Earing coming back can make a difference because he's um he's a good technical player, isn't he? He's got a lovely left foot on him, I think.
1: Yeah. And uh, to be Taylor Tyler Allen, he's, uh, he's never looked particularly...
2: Oh, yeah. Was he playing left centre-back um, the other game?
1: Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Interesting.
2: Um, yeah, because he's normally a wing-back, isn't he?
1: Yeah. He's he's done okay, to be honest. Mm. But I think he's helped out the defence a few times because he's got decent pace. But um, he did get sent off on Saturday, which uh, I thought was a, a harsh one. But... um. On detailed analysis, I think it was probably right. Right, um, but uh, if you haven't seen the clips on that, I'll put a clip out uh, on a
2: YouTube short for that. Mm. So, so let's um, let's talk about uh, Matt Sadler then, Simon. I'd lo- I'd love to um, hear uh, kind of get get your sort of perspective on it because I do feel like Warsaw have had um, it's four four seasons at this level now. And your best season was um under Daryl Clark finished at uh, finished yeah. twelve. I think it was your first season down, wasn't it? um but i um i I just feel like it's been a big rebuilding time for the club now, I'm not necessarily sure that the club made the right decision in appointing Matt Sadler because I think. If I was in their shoes, I would have wanted to have sent the message of this is a new era for, for Warsaw Football Club. And I think you can kind of communicate that better with an external appointment rather than yeah. an internal appointment who's been part of um, the, the club over recent struggles um but i think seeing as the club have committed to matt sadler and i do trust that ben boycott does have a vision for the club the way with the way that he's communicated with supporters um i would like to see the club sort of rally uh, rally around him and and just give that opportunity to show what he can do maybe over a couple of um a couple of transfer windows and obviously that means that he's got to show a bit more in terms of maybe adaptability at certain moments or you know, coaching a a clearer style of play, either of those two things I think are going to be really important. Um, But I, um, yeah, I just feel like seeing as the club have committed to Matt Sadler, it hasn't worked out with a lot of managers. Um, Yeah, I'd like to see him be given an opportunity to show what he can do, because otherwise you don't want this sort of complete um, circus of manager turnovers.
1: Well, that's it. I think you need to be able to stick with the manager and give him time to work his magic, as it were. Mm. But um, I've just got a comment on the uh, the board there. Uh, the board appointed Sadler as he bought fully into the football identity they wanted to see, but I've yet to see what the identity is. I think Walsall's identity um, at the start of the season looked very good, but it just seems to have, this last couple of games, seems to have just
2: disappeared
1: um hmm. I, I mean it's
2: it's interesting isn't it because on the one hand we're criticizing matt sadler for not establishing a clear playing identity and on the other hand we're criticizing him for sticking with a formation that in recent games hasn't necessarily delivered the um yeah. the, the, the desired results or performances and I, I do wonder if is there an element of an inconsistency there where either matt sadler's too stubborn to change anything or Matt Sadler hasn't been able to home in on a clear playing identity because they seem like yeah. very separate criticisms to me. Well, um, I think
1: if if you were if you were very clear that you were going to play 3-5-2 without doubt. Yeah. Now, as we both know, in 3 5 2, the key players or some of the very key players in that are the wing backs. So <laughs> within that within the transfer window you would have bought in a dedicated wing back and he hasn't done that
2: well I suppose he put a, he was putting a lot of faith in uh, in Tom Knowles wasn't he yeah because he he, he thought to, Tom Knowles, thinks Tom Knowles can um can, can do that job um and maybe he thinks that he, he uh, that Tom Knowles is better suited operating as a wing back than maybe yeah. as part of the front too.
1: I think on the uh, on the fans forum um, talking with Matt Sadler he sort of gave the impression that Alshane McKenty and Tom Knowles he wanted to play them and he'd put and he'd put them wherever there was a gap so like he would play them regardless because somebody asked about 352 and the wing backs and um, well playing Tom Knowles as wing-back gets him into the team was his answer which was not a great answer for me hmm. and um, Oshi McKenty and he, he's like oh I love him I want to I want to sort of develop him as a player and I think he's great and yeah he's going to be a midfielder hmm.
2: then, but then if, if he wasn't playing Tom Knowles would we be saying having the same conversation we are now about Danny Johnson why't he why isn't he playing Tom Knowles?
1: um possibly possibly i think it it ultimately comes down to whether you gain the results or not i think and and to the the swindon game with the sending off yeah i could cope with that but um it's like every game we start poorly that is another frustration um Mm. second minute against swindon sixth minute against um wimbledon um Mm. About the 12th minute it was against uh, Salford. So you start a game by going one behind. You're always going to be struggling, aren't you?
2: Sure. I don't, I do you, don't... Again, do you think it comes back to the confidence thing? Do you want players to start games a bit more on the front foot, possibly?
1: Yeah, I think it. it's down to the manager to sort of put that confidence into the players, isn't it? To go and express themselves.
0: Mm.
1: And... Um, because I want I want Matt Sadler to succeed as much as anyone. Sure. But um I'm just wondering whether he's gonna have time to uh get it all sorted. And whether he is the guy that will be able to get it all sorted or not. But uh with what's happened with the defenders and uh with I say with Hussey and the uh, So
2: uh, when's um the lad you got from Newport back for
1: um, that's that's unclear, but it's gonna be at least four weeks. Okay. Which is a, a big loss to also. So, so you've got to time. try and come up
2: with a temporary solution for the next month to yeah, try and yeah. get you get you by until forecast yeah. comes back. Mm. But
1: um playing on the front foot and attacking teams, we've sort of not done that. Um Swindon, mm. we should have attacked Swindon and we we're sort of just trying to contain them, which is fair enough away from Home. But when you go down one nil in the second minute. You've got to change it. You can't uh, can't sit still. Openings all going to change.
2: <sighs> yeah, it's. And then we
1: run over our plan time. I um, just got one comment from Aussie. Um Everybody questioned Gabriel, but he was spot on about Warsaw. Average at best. Good players, poor manager, with poor tactics.
2: Well, well, let's let's see. I mean, we're we're still at a really um, early stage of the season. I, for me, I think given how competitive league two is this season, um, and like, given yeah. that it's Matt Sadler's first season in uh, in management. I I see this for Warsaw as a building campaign where, of course, you want to see results and you want to see some signs of of progress. But I think it's a lot to ask Warsaw to challenge for the playoffs this season, personally. So, but I think the league is going to get weaker in future seasons so for me this season is about making sure that you're ready to capitalize in those future seasons and listen some fans might not want to hear that because you know they want to feel like their team has a chance of of doing something this season and that's why you pay the money to go there i totally understand that but equally i've I've spoken to Warsaw fans who've said there's been problems at the club for the last 15 16 17 years even you know even sort of through the through the dean smith era where results were quite good but um so, so I do feel like um, this is a, a time of change for the club. Um, you've got Ben Boycott, who's come in. I really like um, some of the things that he said and the way he's communicated yeah. with fans. And I'm confident that you're in the right hands. But this is still, in the grand scheme of things, a massive rebuilding stage uh, for the football club. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that can be underestimated. And you've got Matt Sadler. The club's committed to Matt Sadler. Um He's in, his, he's in his first job. I think you've got to give him a bit of breathing space, cut him a bit of slack, and, and just give him some time to work things out. Now, obviously, he's got to honour that by uh, overseeing some progress and stamping a bit of a clearer identity on this team, slash maybe changing things, which, <laughs> how conflicting yeah. way that seems, but some sort of improvement in terms of performances. But I do think, fundamentally, I think patience is the order of the day. Yeah,
1: I think if if Warsaw can. Uh stay around mid table and don't uh drop any lower than 16th um i think people would see that as a as a good progression um a comment from paul he said at the start of the season i'd be happy with the top 10 um it's another building job but top 10 is um it's going to be a challenge i think
2: yeah, I mean, I think I think it's more about are we building a team for future seasons as well? Because yeah. you could you could finish tenth with an awful style and you know old players who yeah. aren't going to be there next season. Is that more successful than finishing fifteenth whilst building a style and bringing in some players that can can, yeah. can really become useful? So, um, I I think that yes, league position comes into it, but you also want to feel like you're you're sowing the, some of the seeds for. Yeah, us. I think
1: yeah. I think Ben boycott and the Traveller Group I think is definitely a major step in the right direction. Hundred percent, yeah. Um, and the budget is much stronger budget than it's been in previous years. And um, maybe we just need to give Matt Sadler time. Mm.
0: Um,
2: and and I, mean, I, I do trust that, that make- as much as. I'm not sure I would have made this appointment if I was in Ben's yeah. shoes. I do trust that he's made that appointment while seeing a lot of potential in Matt Sadler, because I can tell that from the way he's communicated some of his ideas that he's put a lot of thought into this appointment and it wasn't just sort of the easy option. Yeah. So um, I, I think let's just see, let's, um, let's maybe reassess things that at Christmas, you know, depending on, uh, where Warsaw are. Perhaps you can have me back on the show if you want me then. Um, we can yeah. sort of talk about things then. But for now, I, I, yeah, I, I, as I say, I think it's a question of patience, personally.
1: Yeah, patience. Yeah, it, as you know, um, and again, another comment from Paul. Um, football fans aren't particularly known for patience, are they? <laughs> it's true. Um, finally, before we, just as we conclude, um, match prediction for uh, Bradford Warsaw on
2: Saturday? Oh, um, you are you away? You're away at Bradford, are you? Yeah, I'll go for a, 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 a okay, two-two draw. Two-two draw.
1: I would hope Warsaw would be able to snip steal something, but um, if we can stop um, Andy Cook scoring, um, you never know. Um, I'd I'd like a nil-nil. That'd be nice. <laughs> That's
2: been cheap. Yeah,
1: we haven't had many of those. Right then. Thanks for joining us, Gabriel. As always.
2: Cheers, um, Great chat, mate.
1: They join the pain. Um, when will the pain end? <laughs> when will the pain end? Who knows? Right then. We I've uh, just another comment here from Jim. There doesn't seem to be any confidence. Very formally formulaic approach. That's challenging my uh diction. Um, pass back to the defence and kick it up. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a team lacking in confidence. Just play the long ball, don't they? Right then, but we'll leave it there. Okay. Um, thanks for watching, everybody. Cheers.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery.